What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Dom, and this week I'm joined by Brian and John. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, everybody. Pretty good. Glad to have you guys back for another episode. So this week, we're going to give our usual USFL rundown, talk about the standings, some things that stood out to us for week five. And then we'll kind of do kind of like a impromptu NFL postseason wrap up, talk about some teams that we thought got better, some teams that we thought got worse, some free agent signings, and the rookie quarterback class. But getting things started, week five of the USFL season just wrapped up, and I thought this week was pretty good. I caught some of the action. What about you guys? Did you guys catch any of the games? What you What you guys think of this week? We'll start with uh, Brian on this one. I uh, managed to watch the Stars game, and I did catch just a little bit of the Breakers game. I'm very, very upset my Breakers lost the second their second game, but Stars game, it was pretty good. Uh, they look like they're going to come back, and then uh, when the other team was punting the ball, they got a rough in the kicker call that really screwed them. Otherwise, I mean, I kept track of some of the scores, and we're getting some really good close games, and I'm enjoying the season so far. I just haven't been able to watch them all the different games because I'm busy. Yeah, no, that's totally understandable. John, what about you? Oh, it's nice to see the Pittsburgh Ballers get their first win. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of surprising to me. They, I was watching them the first couple of weeks of the season. They looked absolutely horrible. Yeah, um, so I, I thought that was exciting a lot. I mean, it was. I don't know how competitive the game was because Houston, I think, was one and three coming in, so they weren't very good either. But it's, it's nice to see a team that was. 0-4, oh, 0-3, oh, finally get their first win. No, I, I 100% agree. And that kind of leads me into the next topic with, you know, the Maulers finding, finally winning their first game. Do you think it's the start of a turnaround or do you think they just got lucky? Do you still think they're the worst team in the league? And we'll start with John. Well, you know, they, they beat Houston. Houston's not very good either. So I don't know if I call it a try. I mean, the fact that they won is a turnaround by definition, but is it like a huge turnaround that they're going to make the playoffs and win the championship? I don't know. I'd be, I'd say it'd be more of a turnaround if they did it against like a team that was really good or undefeated. But you know, sports are one of those things. Whether it's baseball, football, USFL, UFC, you know, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. So I don't know. I, I think maybe that I, to say it's a huge turnaround, I think is maybe a little bit too premature. No, that's fair, Brian. What do you think? I'm going to definitely say it was pure luck and not a turnaround. I mean, the Maulers are a bad team. They beat a bad team. It's It would be the same thing as, like, you know, the Jets, the Lions, and the NFL. Like, you know, the Jets beat the Lions. Oh, hey, you won a game, but it was against another bad team. So they got lucky. And not only that, I mean, I did see the highlights from the end of the game. And, I mean, they won by, what, one point? 21 and, to 20. Yeah. Yeah, but I tell you what. They the way barely... that they the way that they won on the last play from scrimmage, like there was, I, I watched the end of the game. There was four seconds left, and the the Maulers just scored a touchdown. His time expired to win the game. I thought it was you know them showing good composure at the end of the game, not getting a little too overwhelmed by the game coming down the line on the last play. So I thought that was encouraging. But there's a lot of field goals. A lot of field goals, yeah. They, I mean, they, they took advantage of what the gamblers gave them. They were able to move down the field 
you know, take advantage of, of good field goal opportunities. Their defense held up their end of the bargain for sure. And, you know, coming in the last play of the game and, and winning, it was definitely a good sign. I definitely don't think it's a, a sign of things to come. I still think this is the worst team in the league. Um, right now, they're, you know, their points for and against. They have 60 points scored compared to giving up 112. I, I definitely don't see this team winning any more games. I think they'll maybe win one one more game of the remaining games. But, yeah, I, I definitely don't know if it's a trend. But maybe, you know, if, if we're able to complete this season going into next season, who knows, maybe it's the start of something. But moving on to the standings rundown, we got the North Division. The New Jersey Generals still in first place, starting to run away with this division a little bit. They're sitting at four and one. Second place, you got the Philadelphia Stars sitting at two and three. And then a tie for last place between the Michigan Panthers and the Pittsburgh Maulers, both teams at one and four. Moving on to the South Division, you got the current best team of the league, the only undefeated team in the Birmingham Stallions in first place. Second place, you got Brian's New Orleans Breakers at three and two. Then you have the Tampa Bay Bandits also at three and two, and then the Houston Gamblers at one and four. Moving on to the next topic, the NFL offseason. We got offseason workout programs are just starting up. Most teams finish up their rookie mini camps. So it's a, the lights are starting to get at the end of the tunnel. We're almost into OTAs, and you know, the offseason finally starting to wind down, and football's almost back. But what teams do you guys think were the most improved this offseason and what teams do you guys think got worse? Because there were definitely a lot of moves this offseason. No team was just sitting on the sidelines. Every team seemed to have been pretty active. We'll start with Brian. All right. I'm going to go with uh, one team that has is coming that I think will do very well. And I think one team that's just, you know, maybe not going to do great, but a lot like greatly improved. I got the Ravens. I mean. They got Kyle Hamilton, and in the draft, they had 11 selections. And, I mean, I felt like they nailed them all. I mean, last year was could have been a great year for them, but they just they caught the injury, injury bug really, really bad. So, again, all these young players on the team, that's going to really help their depth and just, you know, make it so that they shouldn't have a repeat of last year. And then uh, the team that I don't know if they're going to do great, but I think those – be a lot better is the Eagles. I mean, you get they got a defensive tackle Jordan Davis. They got a, a Kobe Dean, who a lot of people thought he was going to go in the first round, so they got a really good deal on him. And then on top of that, they got <laughs> AJ Brown. So I mean, they did uh, they added a lot to that roster in the draft, and you know, just through trades. Yeah, John, what about you? Well, I got the Broncos. I think they uh, they got a, they got a really good quarterback. Uh, I think he uh, immediately uh, makes his team better in you know being Russell Wilson. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you know the Broncos are kind of a team that you know if they if they have a lead quarterback because I think they have other things around them. They have a pretty good defense and whatnot. So I know they have a really good offensive tackle left tackle but yeah my pick was the broncos and i'm gonna go with the raiders i think i, I think Derek carr is a, a good quarterback i would say he's an elite quarterback but having Devonte adams as an elite receiver i think will really help them they got a really good running back and josh jacobs who i think is a stud i think he's definitely proven his worth coming out of alabama so yeah that, those are my two teams okay I definitely agree with you guys on the Broncos. I think just adding Russell Wilson to that team instantly makes them a contender. 
But since you guys went, since Brian went to Broncos, I'm going to change things up. I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins. Okay. I really, I really like what they did in, in free agency. And bringing in Tyreek Hill completely changes the look of this offense. I think if Tua, I think he'll be able to play well enough to not mess things up too bad. And I, I think you, you just insert Tyreek Hill into any form in that offense. All you just got to do is get him the ball, and he's going to be able to make plays. You, you don't have to launch the ball down the field and hit him for for Hail Marys every time. You can throw it to him in the slant. You can throw it to him out of the slot, and he'll be able to make plays. You can give it to him out of the backfield. He'll be able to make plays. So you don't necessarily need to have a big arm like Patrick Mahomes to make good use out of Tyreek Hill. I, I think this might be one of the most improved teams, at, at least in, in their division. I don't know if they'll be able to compete with the Bills, but I think they really, really narrowed that gap. And I think this is definitely a team that really can contend for a playoff spot. Um, I'm really excited to see I'm, – I'm really excited to watch this AFC playoff picture because there's really 10, 12 teams – that can really have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs this year. And I just can't wait to see how it plays out. But staying in the AFC, my other most improved team would be the Chargers. They significantly, significantly improved that defense. The defense that was already pretty good, and they made it elite. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a top five defense in the NFL this year, on top of having one of the better quarterbacks in the league already. I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the Chargers win the division either. I think it's going to be them or the Broncos contending for the number one spot in the AFC West this year. But moving on to what teams got worse. Um, if you guys want to give like a top two or three for that, we'll start with John. Uh, I think the Seahawks, I, I just, I don't, I don't see the why they got rid of Russell Wilson. I don't think they should have be, be in rebuilding mode. I mean, who, I, the, my biggest issue with them is like, what are they going to do at quarterback? Um, I, I think they, they, you know, gave up something that was, you know, to give up a really an elite quarterback. I think that's a huge hole. They're in a brutal division. So I don't think it's as tough as the AFC West, but I probably might be the second toughest division in the NFL, if not the first. Definitely the toughest division in the NFC. But I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, I know Russell Wilson didn't do so well last year because he was hurt, but I just don't see how you would let a guy like that get away. As far as another team, I, I'm the Browns. I I think the fact that you know the whole thing about Deshaun Watson possibly getting suspended puts them in a really big hole. And I mean, I, hopefully he's not suspended. You know, but I just I don't see what they're going to do with quarterback if he gets suspended for four or six or the whole year. You know, four or six games of the whole year. So I I I think that's a concern. You know, you give a guy oh, what was it two hundred forty million dollars and. You don't even know if he's going to play or if he does play. He's only going to play part of the season. You know, Baker's not going to want to play with, with the Browns. So I'm just like, well, you know, is Jacoby Percet or any of the other backups we have, are they going to be able to weather the storm and, and, and play well, you know, at the first four games or six games the whole season or whatever it might be when Deshaun Watson is out until he comes back? I don't know. I mean – well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not real comfortable with the backup situation for the Browns. If I was the coach, I would try to have the backups play as much as 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 best as they can and get them ready for the game as as much as possible. But I would really, really like to play play good defense, and I think the Browns can do that and run the ball. I mean, try not to put so much pressure on these backup quarterbacks when you got 
a good defense, a really good offensive line, and you got Nick Chubb, one of the better running backs in the NFL. So that's what I would do. Run the ball, play D, you know, let your backup quarterbacks manage the game for however long Deshaun Watson is out. But I think that's I think in a way that, you know, the organization shot themselves in the foot with the whole QB situation. And I, I mean, I wish the best, but that's what that's my but what I have to say. OK, Brian, what teams do you think got worse? Um, I definitely got to agree on the Seahawks. I mean, they're still really iffy on their quarterback situation. Who's going to be leading? I also got the Bears. I mean, they've gotten worse on defense. I mean, getting rid of Khalil Mack really hurts. And then, I mean, last year, Justin Fields was running all over the place. I mean, that O-line was terrible. And then they go in the draft, and they really don't – I don't feel like they really addressed it the way they needed to. So yeah. I just feel like on both sides of the ball for that team, they're just a lot worse than what they – they're definitely worse than what they were last year. So we'll see how it goes, but I think that they might kind of tank this year and go get some high draft picks for next year and maybe do a little bit of a mini rebuild, if that makes sense. No, I think that's fair. I think the Bears are in an interesting spot because they identified their quarterback for the future, right? They, they have the guy that they want to build around. It's just they've always been incapable of building a team around those guys. You know, they thought they had Mitch Trubisky as their franchise quarterback, and they couldn't really put a good team around him. And, you know, I know it's been one offseason with Justin Fields, but I don't like what they did at all in this offseason. Yeah. I think it's going to be another rough year for Bears fans. Yeah. But you guys mentioned the Bears and the Seahawks. Those are two of the teams that I had listed as teams that I thought got worse. I'm going to throw a surprise out here, but I think the Tennessee Titans got worse. I still think, you know, they're, they're not a bad team. They're not going to be, you know, four and, you know, 13 or towards the bottom of the league, but I don't, they definitely didn't get better. I, you traded away AJ Brown and he's one of the best wide receivers in football. You drafted a guy who has a similar profile to him, but he struggled to make it through rookie mini camps this past week. He, you know, he had to leave halfway through a practice. So you traded away a known commodity in AJ Brown for an unknown commodity in, you know, your rookie wide receiver, you know, Brian Tannehill, he's, he's an all right quarterback. I don't, he doesn't really impress me at all. I, I don't think he's going to lead them to any championships, but he's, he's an all right guy. I don't know. They, they didn't get better. They didn't really address any of the holes on this team. And I think they know that Ryan Tannehill's not their guy long-term because they drafted Malik Willis as their developmental quarterback. So I, I think they know that the window's kind of closed on this team right now. I think we may be starting to see the end of Derrick Henry as we know him. They ran him into the ground for the past three years, especially since, especially because running backs typically have a, a pretty short shelf life. You know, very rarely do you see running backs like Frank or Adrian Peterson that can run for 13 plus years. Most of these guys, once they hit their peak, they're done after, you know, two or three years after they hit their peak. And I, I, I really fear that we might be starting to see that with Derrick Henry with his injury starting to pile up. So that makes a lot of sense. I, I like that pick just because, I mean, not only that, the injuries, but teams are figuring out Derrick Henry and you've seen in the past, if they can stop Henry, that offense ceases to function. And then them getting rid of Brown just, piles on top of that is now you're going from really good experience 
receiver to a rookie. I mean, and we've seen in the NFL, experience makes a massive difference. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And th- there's really no one behind Derrick Henry, you know, to take any sort of reps away from him. And that offensive line is still really not that impressive. Did they do anything with the defense this year? Because I just haven't paid that much attention to them. Nothing that really jumps out to me. Um, I can definitely look that up later, but I, def- I definitely don't think they got better this offseason. And I, if anything, I think they got worse. But moving on to our next topic. Oh, so what free agency signings slash trades this offseason do you think will make the biggest impact on their team this year? Well, as far as, as far as as far as trading free agents, I really like Jarvis Landry going to the Saints. I think that's going to be a really good fit for the Saints. I mean, he's probably Jarvis Landry is some of the best hands in football, and they already have already have other weapons on that team, like Michael Thomas. Yes, so I, I think that's a really good signing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he'll fit into that system well, and I think with Michael Thomas and did they get. Olave or Garrett Wilson? They got Olave, right? I think so. Yeah, no, I don't think Garrett Wilson. They got. I think they got a lot. I have to look. But they have. They have like three with Jar- Jarvis Landry. They have like three really top receivers. They they have uh, Michael Thomas, who I mean he's an older guy, but he's still a stud. And then you got Jar- Jarvis, some of the best hands in the football. Like put him in the slot. And I want to say they drafted Olave also from Ohio. Yeah. State. So, anyways, I, I think that he'll fit into that system well. And we, we don't really know what Michael Thomas's status is going to be like. I know he's coming back from injury, but it gives Jameis Winston a good veteran presence with a reliable hands. That's going to be a leader in that locker room. As soon as he steps into that locker room, he gives a, he's going to be a great mentor for Olave, a rookie coming in out of Ohio state. But if Michael Thomas is on the field, you know, Jarvis Landry doesn't have the pressure of being, you know, the number two option. He can be the number three option for this team. And yeah. he's going to be overlooked by a lot of defenses. And I, I think this is going to be a good situation for him. And I, I was really encouraged by what I saw from James Winston this last year before he got injured. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's a really good signing for him. And they, they got him for pretty cheap, too. It was like $4 million that could go up to six with incentives. Uh, Brian, what, what do you think? What's, I guess, your most impactful free agency signing says trade? Uh, I'm going to say uh, Larry Kill going to the Dolphins. I mean, we saw how good Waddle is when they picked him up last year in the draft. And, but I mean, he's really like the backbone of that off that receiving core. Then getting somebody that's basically a, a cheetah in human form, like Kill, I think he's going to really uh, shape that offense, take a lot of pressure off of Waddle. And I just feel like those two guys are going to work really well together. And I know you brought them up earlier. I think that's going to be a big part of why that team could be very, very competitive this year. Yeah, just the, the speed of that wide receiver duo is just absolutely incredible. There, no team is going to be able to catch up to them. That's that's going to be unstoppable. But I think my most impactful, I guess, trade or free agency signing this year would be Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. I think this is a team that you know barely made the playoffs this last year with with all the off field situations that they were having. Derek Carr had the best year of his career. I think he's going to be able to build off that. You give him the best wide receiver in football in Devontae Adams on an offense that was already pretty damn good. You got reliable weapons like Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller. You add Devontae Adams into that, and you got what could potentially be an elite offense. I think that's going to be a great signing, and 
you know, there's really three teams in the AFC West that I could see being a top two or three seed in the, in the AFC this year. And I, I think if everything goes right for the Raiders, I think they could definitely be one of those top teams in the AFC. Moving on to, we had a pretty busy free agent season to start. Things have kind of slowed down, but there's still some big names available. So of the big names that are still on the board, where do you guys think they'll go? Brian, we'll start with you. I got Clowney going back to the Browns. I think they would be, I think that's a good deal for both of them before last year. Clowney's career was really struggling just because, I mean, I think most people see he's not a number one, like, you know, he's not the star of the defense like he was in his rookie year. I think OBJ is going to stick with the Rams because he's recovering from an injury. He needs to go to a team that doesn't need him right now, but needs him, you know, in December and January. Mm -hmm. Rams are one of those teams that they're at this point, they're guaranteed to go to the playoffs pretty much. So they're, guaranteed to you know get to that point so i could see him going there and then um i can't see gronkowski not playing with tom brady i tried to think of a team that you know he could go with but i just it it would feel wrong him not playing with brady so i think he's going back to the buccaneers yeah I, i think that's all pretty fair john what do you think Oh, uh, you know, Brian stole my pick, but I was um I, I I like Clowney. The thing I reason I picked Clowney is when I looked at the noble free agents that are still available, a lot of them are just long on the tooth. They're just really old. I mean, uh, they uh, or they're they're old or they're like a head case. Um, like OBJ, Antonio Brown's got some kind of issues. Um, you know, like I I just I just don't want those guys on my team. If I was any manager, general manager, I'm, does that have to be the Browns? Be any team, but I, I like Juvon Clowney because I think he'll produce. I, I definitely think having Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett on the other side really helped them. Help them both. And I, I, Juvon, Juvon Clowney was pretty much pretty healthy last year, and he's a younger guy. A lot of the noble free agents, they're just they're. They're just kind of on the old side. When I say old, it's, it's relative because it's the NFL, a young man's game. But a lot of the guys are like in their 30s, 32, 33. Uh, there's a tackle, Dwayne Brown for the Seahawks. He's in his early to mid-30s. I mean, Javon Clowney's to me, he's the most attractive free agent out there right now. And I, I don't mean like physically attractive, but he's just... I think he's the the best fit, and I I do see him signing with the Browns, but I think they're going to have to try to get him cheaper. Uh, I don't think uh, that that's the only really Achilles heel about that whole thing. I think he's going to want too much money, but yeah, um, I would I would love to see him sign with the Browns because he's he's healthy, he produced, and he's just on the younger side. Okay, you know you guys both stole both my picks. Um, I, I definitely see Clowney going back to the Browns. Um, I think OBJ would be dumb not to go back to the Rams. I think, you know, he'd be a, a perfect fit there. He already showed that he's a good fit. Like Brian mentioned, they're not going to need him till December, January anyways. But I think someone like Melvin Ingram, who's still available, he's a proven edge rusher, definitely past his prime, but that doesn't mean that he can't contribute. I think if you put him on the D-line of, you know, a team like the the Cardinals or the Dolphins, I think he'll be able to definitely provide a lot in terms of depth and, you know, still be an impact player, but not like an all pro caliber player. Similar situation with someone like Julio Jones, you know, 
in his time, he was the best wide receiver in football, but he's 33 now. Injuries are starting to pile up. He's definitely not the Julio Jones that he used to be, but healthy, he could still he could still give you a little bit of something. He's he's not going to be, you know, a guy that you rely on for a hundred receptions and you know a thousand yards. But you know, I still think he can be a valuable add to a contending offense. So I, I really wouldn't be surprised if he were to sign with you know any of the the big AFC teams like the Broncos, the Raiders. I wouldn't, again, be surprised to see him in Miami or hell, even the Bills. They're just, you know, collecting talent at this point. So I I definitely expect to see them sign soon. And I definitely see Gronkowski either going back to Tampa Bay or retiring. He's not going to play with any other quarterback besides Brady, like Brian mentioned. You know, I I know there's rumors speculating right now that he might be retiring. If he does, he's definitely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and arguably the best tight end of all time but we will have to wait and see on that. Moving on to the last topic of tonight's episode, out of all the rookie quarterbacks that were taken in this year's draft, which do you think is most likely to start for their team week one? We'll start with John. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. I I know it's not usually a good idea to start a rookie quarterback unless you absolutely have to, but I just, I don't see anybody um, on Pittsburgh's quarterbacks. I just, I don't see... I'm not impressed with Rudolph. I'm not impressed with Trubisky. To me, they're backups. So I, I'm kind of on the fence because just some, some, for sometimes I feel like he's going to start or start sometime in the season. And there's another part of me that feels he's going to try to learn. But I just the reason I went with Kenny Pickett, they, they I don't think they have any other quarterbacks. I don't. I, I, who who are they going to play a quarterback? Um, well, they they did sign Trubisky. I think their plans right yes. now are, are to start Trubisky, but. Yeah, I I think there you can definitely make the case for Kenny Pickett starting for this team week one. I mean, they have a good defense. Um, their offensive line was not very good this past year. They lost Juju. Yeah, they lost him to the Chiefs, so that doesn't help their situation. But I just I don't know. I mean, I I, I could use I could see maybe one of their quarterbacks getting hurt, and then Kenny Pickett comes in and gets a starting job. I mean, that's always a possibility. But I, I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett because I just I don't who I don't know who else is going to play quarterback for that team. That, that I mean, that, I mean anybody who play quarterback for that team, but who's going to actually step in and be successful? I don't I don't know. That's fair, Brian. What do you think? I don't think any of the rookie quarterbacks are going to start week one. But if I had to pick one, I would say Kenny Pickett. I think it's just going to come down to, you know, during training camp and all that. If they see a major difference between Trubisky and Pickett, like if Pickett comes in there and really impresses, I could see them maybe giving them the start week one. But, I mean, just with this year's draft class, you have a lot of developmental guys. You have Mm -hmm. guys going to teams that already have – at least some form of quarterback situation already set up. So I just don't see that many chances for any of these guys to start. And even like the first half of the year. I think that's fair. Um, I do think that a quarterback like Matt Corral for the Carolina Panthers might have a chance to start. I mean, we all know, even the Panthers know what they have in Sam Darnold. They don't have anything great in Sam Darnold. They're not going to win more than four or five games in a season with Sam Darnold. And you know, if you're Matt Rule, you're on the hottest seat in the NFL. If he doesn't win this year, he's done. So do you throw all your eggs in one basket and hope that Sam Darnold just figures out how to play quarterback at the NFL level and wins you a bunch of games? 
Or do you just say, hey, I'm going to ride with the rookie quarterback. If he's ready, great. If he's not, that's who I'm going to roll with and, you know, hope things work out for the best. But, yeah, I, I definitely see Matt Corral starting. But I, I, do, I do agree, none of these quarterbacks really should be starting week one. But knowing how impatient the NFL teams can be at times, I think one of these teams is going to rush their quarterback to start, and even though they're not ready. Yeah, I could see that backfiring on the Panthers if they do that, just because I would give it like a week or two, see how the offense is running, you know, kind of get work out some of the kinks and then maybe put them in there. Yeah, I, I think, well, I think the only quarterbacks that we won't see at all this year would be Malik Willis and Bailey Zappi. I think Zappi was taken purely just to be a backup. Malik Willis, he's going to be the long-term starter for Tennessee, but he's not going to see the field this year. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if at some point we see Desmond Ritter. I don't know if he'll start after the bye week, or he might just start a couple of games here and there, depending on injury issues. But I definitely think the most likely quarterbacks to play this year are going to be Kenny Pickett and um, Matt Corral. But who knows? Carson Wentz also might have a bad year for the commanders. And we might also see Sam Howell. Injuries. <laughs> Injuries and Carson Wentz being Carson Wentz. But that wraps up what I had planned for this episode. I want to thank you guys again for coming on for another week as always. But thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch you in the next one. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, two-minute drill listeners, until next time.